RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. All righty, another edition of The Rock Stops here. How you be? How's everything going, man? You doing okay? You doing okay? You making it through the summer? I'm doing just fine. Got a little bit of a, a little bit of running nose. My daughter, we picked her up from uh, sleepaway camp. We went up to North Georgia. Uh, back and forth. Oh, my God. Travel. <laughs> Everybody is traveling. Every family is traveling. Airport. And then we ended up just driving all the way back. I'll get into all of that. Uh, I do. Now, I've got, like I mentioned, I got a second podcast starting this coming week, right before the the first preseason game. It's going to be Bucks kickoff. That will be on JoeBucksFan.com. That is separate from this one. So I have been entrenched at NFL training camp watching the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I'm I'm going to do one thing on Tom Brady, what I've been noticing on this podcast, The Rock Stops Here. I'm going to save all the football, all the Buck stuff on my Bucks kickoff podcast, which will run 24 hours before every Buccaneer game this NFL season. 17 regular season games. Remember, they got an extra game now. 17 regular season games, three preseason games. I would like it to be two. I think two is enough. But I will save all that I've seen on my Bucks podcast. This one is entertainment, it's boxing, it's wrestling, it's baseball, it's football, it's hockey, it's entertainers, uh, any of that type of stuff. So that's what I'm going to do. But I will tell you this, and I'll hit you on the backside after this interview with my man, the former world champion, the Galaxy Warrior, uh, on Tom Brady. And all I can tell you is, Father Time, we all know that Father Time is undefeated. Father Time has not been able to corral Tom Brady yet. Not at stinking all. Okay? All righty. Now, let me welcome in our guest. He is a former world champion, the former WBA, IBF, WBO, lightweight champion of the world, Nate Campbell. Nate Campbell hails from Jacksonville, Florida. I knew Nate, oh, going back, it's got to be 18 years ago now, something like that, when he was living in Tampa and he was fighting out of Tampa, Florida. And I interviewed him on Bay News 9. So I ran into Nate at the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame. And I recognized him. I knew he was going to be there. Did a little bit of my homework. He basically is a mentor now, more of a father figure while he's teaching boxing to young, aspiring boxing champions. And he's got a TV show. He's got a YouTube show, a podcast, YouTube a podcast on YouTube. And, you know, he's a good talker. But, oh, my God, all I did was mention Galaxy Warrior, what do you think of Jake Paul, Logan Paul? And he stopped me right there. And oh, does he give an answer. Oh, he does not hesitate. So without further ado, here he is, the former world boxing champion, great lightweight, good man, the one, the only, Nate Campbell. 
All right, the great Nate Campbell. The great Nate Campbell. You are a businessman, you are a media star, and of course, one of the all-time greats in boxing. How you doing, Nate? I'm great, man. I'm doing good, man. I, I don't know about all the accolades, but I'm great. No, no, no. You're very humble, very humble, very humble. Uh, man, I interviewed you years ago, and you know... We're here at the Florida Boxing Hall of Fame, and when you hear the accolades, but you'll also hear, you guys are the ones that go in the ring. You're the ones that eventually are going to get it done or not get it done, but there's also, you got to have a team behind you. You have to have supporters. Is it like that in the sport of boxing, man? Very much so. Um, Today, two guys are really instrumental in my career. Today, Terry Trakis was inducted. He was my advisor, advisor, promoter everything, co-promoter, and Doc Williams who taught me to fight inside. That man taught me to stand and bang and do that thing the right way. I can have a conversation with you because of the way he taught me. And hopefully next year they'll put Frankie Menace in, who was the guy that was the orchestrator of my career. He taught me to box. He taught me how to and so it's a team. It, and, and I did a speech today and I talked about how Doc said um, Look what we did. He didn't say, look what I did. He said, look what we did. Because what what was done was not something that he did alone. He was able to pour some things in me. Someone else poured something in me. Boxing is such a communal sport, whether we like to admit it or not. Only, Even though I'm getting all the credit for being in, in, in the stanzas, it's the work that is done outside the ring that is important. Now, I love I love boxing, and we all know it's business, and there's good points and bad points, yeah. and there's a lot of shadiness out there. You as a boxer, as a, as a Hall of Famer in Florida, how do you feel about guys coming over, YouTubers, guys that you are- You ain't got to finish. I hate it. I hate it. Um, I hate it because they're allowed to- What you're doing is you're, you're making those guys feel like they're- they're important enough to deal with a guy that can literally break them in the shards. Um, Mayweather did, did boxing a great disservice, and I say it to his face. You made money, but you did boxing as a sport a great disservice. There has to be a, there's a thin line between love and hate, and what you did was you let people believe that the lines are so much more blurred than they are, because there's no way Jake Paul, should, Logan Paul, should ever be allowed to be in the same space with me. I am God. You just happen to be here because I allow you to live. And that's what they got to understand. If you don't understand that these guys are gods, not big G-O-D, uh, L, little L, little G-O-Ds, and they could kill you. This guys die doing this. They don't die. I don't see any guys dying doing TikTok videos, but guys die doing this. What do you think? Is there more that could be done for boxers that have put in the time? Because these guys... And even these exhibitions are making a lot more, Nate, you know? Well, it is more, but it's all about social media now. So I'm okay with the platforms being a part of it. But I say, if you're going to come over here and do this game with me, I get to beat you like you stole something. So if you want to make $20 million, you're going to lay down for that $20 million. I'm going to make you earn every single coin. And, if, and with Floyd Mayweather, what he did was, He's somebody's going to get hurt behind what he what he allowed to happen. He should stop Jake Logan Paul. Made it abundantly clear. This is what it is. You come over here. You better come over with a lot of respect and understand that you can be hurt doing this. I was even surprised with Conor McGregor going as long as he did. Do you? What do you think? What do you, I, I can deal with Conor McGregor better than I can deal with the Paul brothers. How how so? Because at least he's a, is he's in a fight sport. There's some boxing done, but. 
these guys don't understand. Look, and they don't. They they'll never scream my name. They'll never say my name because I fight. I fight to do bodily harm and intensive, in, intensive, bring intensive pain to you. So when you have a conversation with a guy like these guys, the Paul brothers, they'll they'll play with Floyd Mayweather because I I think he plays the game because it's all about the dollars for him. For me, it's about the integrity of the sport. And I mean, he missed. You can't eat legacy. You can't eat this. Yeah, but no offense. You can spend money, but you you can't get back respect. Once you've lost it, it's gone. Even to this day, for you, it is what it is. I still, if you get in the ring with me, my intent is to hurt you. To I, I really want. I, that's the only way I know to do it. I don't know how to play games with you. I don't, I don't giggle. I'm not gonna let you giggle and get through and then make a dumb statement. See, because what has happened is. Logan Paul wants to rob the bank again. He wants to get in the ring with Mike Tyson. Mike is not that guy. Mike is not that guy. Roy Jones said everything he hit Mike with, Mike hit him with hurt. He said even when I hit him, it hurt. Now, I'm I'm assuming you don't have a problem with a Mike Tyson and a Roy Jones I, if they want to make money and do an exhibition I and they're fancy. I do not have a problem with it. I do not have a problem with it. But if we gonna, but if, if you're going to play the game I play, you're going to play it at the same level as the guys that's played it before. What, like same rules, same... Oh, no, yeah, any way yeah. you want to do it, but you better be ready to take what I would give to any other man. Okay. Any okay. man that gets in the ring with me has to understand, I want to put, as we say, I want to put these beans on you. I want you to, I want you to hurt. If you get in this ring, and especially with the, 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 the build up, because the exhibition with me can turn into execution, just like that. <laughs> I know. I, I, I mean, I, I respect. I have so much respect for you. Real quickly on your career, there is ups and downs, just like there is in, in life. life. Yeah. And after you, you, you know, you were winning so good, and then after you lost, and it seemed like you were out and kind of lost, and then you came back to heights. You know, can you touch well, on that a little bit, Nate? What happens is people understand that boxing is life nothing in life is ever gonna gonna flow at the same level there are ups and downs life is a life is a up and down kind of thing you 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 will never be at the same level all your life and if you are then you'll never learn the true beauty of what life is life is beautiful it's supposed to be a roller coaster there should be some times when your stomach feels like this is about to fall out because there's such a big plunge that teaches you how to recover accept defeat see I was told when I learned what not to do is when I become world champion. So when you saw me become world champion, I had learned what not to do. Interesting. Interesting. Now, did you go out on your own terms? I was did. it Father Time that catches Father time to every Father Time beats every, nobody beats Father Time. No one beats Father Time. Father Time is undefeated and he is he reigns supreme. But nobody goes out on their own terms 100% because you always want to keep doing it. Right. If it was up to us, see, somebody said it today, youth is wasted on the young. Why couldn't we be born old and mature and get younger as we go along? No, isn't that true? Isn't that true? That's the way it should be. I should be able to die as a baby with a beautiful corpse. And somebody's, oh, it's so cute. It <laughs> just disappeared into an embryo. But it ain't the way it works. <laughs> All right. So life after boxing. Uh, I I'm know. a grandfather. Congratulations. I'm a, great, I'm a grandfather. And I try, to be a, I try to be the greatest grandfather I can be. I'm a grandfather. I'm a father. I'm a father first, grandfather. I train young men. Like young man here with me now is Caleb. Nice. Um, I train a lot of young kids. Um, I train a lot of, a few adult guys. Um. I am a grandfather. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a trainer. I'm a teacher. 
Um, I don't, I'm not just the guy that teaches. I don't, I don't consider myself a boxing trainer. I'm mm -hmm. a, I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a father figure to guys. I'm a mentor. You just happen to learn the box along the way. That's nice. Because I can tell you exactly how to, I can tell you what, a, what everything you do is going to net you in the end. I can tell you this is going to happen if you do this. And if you do this, this is going to happen. But along the way, we can fix this where you don't have to do that because learn from what I did. We ain't got to have that problem. Do you think that there are a lot of young kids that need that? Especially mate? in the black community. We need more male, male, male role models. We need more Doc Williams and we need more Frankie Menaces. We need more Pastor Willie Frank Robinsons. We need more Jimmy Joneses and, and Nathaniel Campbell seniors. We need, well, Junior, my father's Junior. We need more of those guys. And we need... We need more of those. We need more Jimmy Williamses and and Lou and Lou Lou um Lou Harrisons. We need them because in our community we're lacking them. Now you've also you've got a, a popular podcast yeah. that you do, and I know you've done a you did, were doing a TV show. Yeah, I was Enterprise, doing a show so. called Experience the Galaxy with Nate Campbell, which I really still do. I just don't have time to okay, do it. Okay, I got you because I'm doing so much of this. Yeah, but I do a because it's a podcast. I can do it from anywhere. Yes. Um. I do a podcast called The Lion Killer Experience, The Lion Killer Podcast, and me and this guy, Adonis, who we call Lion Killer, uh -huh. do it together. And you can look us up on YouTube, on YouTube The Lion Killer Podcast. The killer is K-I-L-L-A. Um, we we really we call it what it is. We don't we don't sugarcoat it. If you don't like our opinion, hey, cool. It's never about the we don't we don't have favorite fighters. We have fav our favorite thing is boxing, and you just happen to have to deal with it. Awesome. Well, come, where can we find that? Anywhere you get your yes, podcast? On, on, if anyone on YouTube. We can go to YouTube with the Lion Killer Podcast. Go through, subscribe, and hey, hopefully you send me the video yes. and I can post this exactly. on my YouTube. Exactly. Nice. Nate, honor. Honor and a pleasure, man. And I love what you're doing. I love your attitude. Thank I just you. love it. Love it. Thank, Thank you, you, Nate. Thank you so much. <laughs> He's got a, word, a way with words, does he not? I really got a kick out of that one where he said so quick, he said, an exhibition with me can turn into an execution. You know, uh, he's, uh, Nate, you're good. You're good. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, my man. Now, the Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley is a former UFC champion, and that's going to take place at the end of the month in Cleveland. I was thinking about actually trying to get credentials and go there. I would love to actually be there. Now, Dana White, UFC boss head, he hate, he can't stand that Jake Paul and Logan Paul are getting, have been getting so much publicity. And he's always like, he's so annoying when it's after a UFC fight and somebody brings up Jake Paul. He goes, I can't believe I'm talking about you guys got me talking about him again. I don't care. And blah, blah, blah. He's nothing. And da, da, da. And so... I, what do you think? I was thinking about this. You know, the, the Jake Paul, it is going to, it is fading a little bit. It, would you agree? The, the popularity, I think it is. But he's a troll. This is what he does. And he'll do something to put his name out in the public. He's good at that. They're both good at that. Him and his brother. I got to give it up. So Dana White was saying the other day that uh, they've lost, you know, he, they've lost his luster and the media is tired of his shtick. Uh, and, you know, so now, now check this out. So I was thinking about this when I saw this. I'm like, hey, the media is tired of his shtick. 
All right, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of that, Dana White. So it's funny. Logan Paul did a thing. He does these videos and he mocks out Dana White and Dana White's doing this and doing coke and da 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 da. He's a YouTuber, so he's he that that's what he's good at. But what I started thinking about is this is Dana White and Dana White the other day was saying that oh he doesn't fight anybody he fights guys you know he weighs 190 he's fighting guys that are 160 170 that haven't won in three fucking years fight somebody real look here it's got to be embarrassing for UFC Ben Askren he knocked his Jake Paul knocked his ass out in the first round now I know that, that Ben Askren is not a striker but he's also a former UFC champion and it was a great wrestler. And he got his ass knocked out in one round. That's got to be embarrassing. What do you mean, fight somebody? These are no-name fighters. You know, they haven't fought anybody. They're, they're, they're smaller. Tyron Woodley. Yeah, Tyron Woodley is smaller. Oh, and he goes, oh, they're 40 fucking years old. Well, Tyron Woodley's also a former champion. If Jake Paul is able to go to 4-0 and and beats Tyron Woodley, that is embarrassing for the UFC. I don't care if you're 40 years old. Still, look what Brady's still doing. And he's 44 years old. You know what I'm saying? Yes, these guys, Askren and Tyron Woodley, are smaller than Jake Paul. Jake Paul's no dummy. So all I can say is Tyron Woodley better beat Jake Paul. Knock is that Knock him out. You know, but I I know it's hard for a little guy to, but this is a YouTuber. And I think that Dana White deep down is like, damn it. It's not making us look good. Come on. Let's admit it. These are former world, these are world UFC champions. Yeah, they're a little bit older. You can't beat a YouTuber that was 3-0. and So anyway, we'll see what happens. It was later in, it's going to be late in August. And I definitely will be getting back into that. Now, when Dana White did say your shtick is getting old, I was told by a very successful programmer in the broadcasting industry years and years and years ago. He said, try to stay away. His advice to me was stay away from shtick because shtick gets old, you know, and I, you know, I always took that to heart. He's like, be yourself, you know, find out what you do good. And be yourself. And I think that I like interviewing people. I get along with people. People seem to like me, want to have a beer with me. That's when that, that's my thing. That's my thing. So stick with that, you know? And the shtick thing, first take, you know the show with Stephen A. Smith? Stephen A. Sh- Smith has got a shtick, but his shtick has lasted. I, I, I've got to give him credit. Years ago, I was on one of these movie junkets where you go, I I mentioned this on the podcast before, you go to Hollywood, you go to LA, you go to New York, they show you a screening of a movie that's out. I was in the sports genre. I was the Tampa TV guy. You go back, you get to interview the star for five minutes, you go back to your station and you can localize, you know, localize a question with these stars. And when I was on one of these junkets, there was a guy from Comcast. Now I think it's NBC Sports Philadelphia. He was Comcast Philly. Good dude. Had a drink with him before we were going to head to the airport. We were in Los Angeles. Uh, I remember the hotel perfectly. Uh, LA Live right there by the Staples Center. I'll never forget it. We were sitting there. He was a sports anchor in Philly. I'm sports anchor in Tampa. 
and we were getting ready to go to the airport. We were having a drink, and he was telling me that Stephen A. Smith, because Stephen A. Smith worked for the I one of the newspapers in Philly. I think it was the Philly, the Inquirer, but I know it was a Philly newspaper. And he was a sports reporter, and he was starting to be opinionated. He might have been a columnist as well. I'm not sure. I know that a, a friend of mine, a former Major League Baseball umpire, Jim McKean, who passed away about two years ago now, maybe, uh, he would tell me that he, when he would when he was an umpiring supervisor and he would go to Major League Baseball stadiums and he would be in charge, he would just watch out and see how the super, see how the umpires did. That was his gig. He had been a longtime umpire in the American League, and he would sit in the press box, and he said he got a kick out of uh, Howard Eskin who is a polarizing sports talk show host and TV personality in Philly, still working, still doing it. I think he was the Phillies, it was the Eagles sideline reporter. And he would talk to Howard and he goes, it's funny, he goes, you go into the press box and none of the media in Philly, it was like a leper when Eskin came. Nobody wanted to talk to the guy. You know, he he, he pissed off some people and I would talk to him. This is what my buddy would say, the former umpire. And... What's his name was like that was starting to get like that too a little bit was Stephen A. Smith. And so this guy that I was having a drink with in a Los Angeles hotel told me that he was playing golf with Stephen A. Smith in Philly. This is before he made it big on ESPN. And he told Stephen A. Smith told this guy that I was having a drink with. He goes, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to be so outspoken. I am going to I am going to be outspoken and I don't care how much heat I get you know I'm going to do my homework I'm confident in myself and I'm going to make a name for myself because I'm going to be the most outspoken mother blanker out there and he was telling me he goes this is what I'm going to do and then you fast forward a couple of years later and he saw my friend he goes I told you I told you I was doing it and he's doing he's done it and he's got shtick right so normally the shtick wears off but Stephen A. Smith is getting paid a lot of money, and he must be bringing in the ratings. I'll tell you that. You know, another one that pisses off people is with uh, Shannon Sharps. Skip. Hey, Skip. Skip. Oh, he just, sometimes you want to just, oh, you know, you want to body slam him, don't you? You just like, oh, oh. But he, he gets under your skin. He's good at what he does. So normally, stick doesn't work. And like I said, I'm wondering when this Logan Paul and Jake Paul when it fades, you know, if he wins again and beats Tyron Woodley, then he's got to step it up higher. You know, if he loses, he looks bad. It's going to kind of fade, you know, so we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. All right. What else we got? I see that the uh, the Olympics. Did you watch any at all? The Olympic Olympics ratings are down like 30 percent at an all time low. And NBC paid so much money for these rights. Now, yes, the time difference is a factor, but we've had other Olympics in the past where there was a different time factor where, you know, middle of the night, these things are going on live. This one in Tokyo. And then you got reports of, you know, who did what, who won. And then you're watching on tape delay. I just think it's because we have so many options like this podcast, like YouTube, like uh, Amazon Prime and like Netflix. And uh, you just have so much at your fingertips. 
I mean, I know I'm dating myself, and maybe I got some of you out there that are go back. Do you remember Wide World of Sports with Jim McKay? The Agony of Defeat. Do, 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 do. That would come on on like a Saturday at like four o'clock. Wide World of Sports. They would show the ski jumper, and he would fall. You know, he took that fall and the agony of defeat. And the Olympics, in a lot of time, you know, you'd watch stuff on Wide World of Sports. And I would, we would be in the, the back room or maybe the living room with my father and my two brothers, three of us, all four of us sitting down with not many options, ABC, NBC, CBS. They didn't have Fox at the time. And I, we were out of the New York, New Jersey, in, in Jersey, the New York market. So we had an independent like WPIX, Channel 11 and, and Channel 5. But you probably just had where you were, ABC, NBC, CBS. And that was it. You didn't have many options. You just have so many more options now. I think that's what it is. There's nothing wrong with the Olympics. No, there wasn't. Any, there was no fans in the stands. Yeah, that does hurt a little bit. I thought the production was good. I watched a little bit of it, bits and pieces. I like the track and field. Watched the diving a little bit, a little bit of the swimming. Congratulations to the uh, men's basketball team. Remember what I told you about what George Steinbrenner told not only me, but a bunch of reporters a couple of years ago at the Himes, the uh, complex, uh, spring training complex in Tampa. And he goes, camaraderie, you know, teamwork. Ah, that's so overrated in baseball. I told you, I had Billy Martin. He would fight with Reggie Jackson. As long as you get it done on the field, you hit, you patch, you throw, you, 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 know, you clutch. You know, that's baseball. And he's right. <laughs> because the U.S. Olympic baseball team, they did not get together. It was nine days that they flew in before they got together meeting one another. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And 10 days later, they're playing in their first game. And they went all the way to the championship game. They lost to Japan. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, and it was on at 6 a.m. And I wasn't, I didn't, as I was going to camp, NFL camp, and I was getting up at like six. Um, but, you know, they didn't have to come together. Where the basketball team with Durant and Draymond Green, it took them several games to find out nuances to get to play with one another because they're playing these other countries that have been together for like 10 years. And so once they finally got it, Durant led them, of course, then they were able to win. Uh, so it's just different with basketball than it is with baseball. So it was funny, fun to see, but congratulations to all the, I know I've had friends in the past work and Olympics and they all say it's just a really, really cool experience. I've also interviewed athletes, pro athletes that have played in the Olympics for the country and say there's something about putting on the jersey that says USA. And with the American flags and the patriotism, and I know we've been divided a little bit in this country. I know, and I get all that and stuff like that. But you know what? And I've even read and listened to some of the comments of some of these that have represented us in the United States, saying there it's just um, it's just something else. It's it's there's something about it. Edwin Jackson is a pitcher that has played on 14 Major League Baseball teams. 14, one four. Edwin Jackson. I remember when he was here and he said he's put on a lot of jerseys and there's something different about putting on USA right across your, your, your front man on your chest. So I just think it's great. 
And, uh, you know, it's an experience for all of them. And just just fantastic, man. But ratings, ratings down. Don't read too much into it. It's, it's hell. We got so much at our fingertips. How many of you sit around one TV in your living room where you, you and your family all watch the same show? Well, when's that happen? How often does that happen? Come on, you and your kids or your grandkids or you and your wife. And your and your kids or or your own. I mean, when when does that happen? Nobody. We're all on our phones, doing watching our own stuff or scrolling through our social media. I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. That's how it is. And I don't think it's going to go back. All right. Now let me just. This is the only thing I'm going to say about Bucks Camp because I don't want to. I don't want to make this just Tampa Bay Bucks stuff. I'm going to have my new podcast, Bucks Kickoff. That's going to be hot and heavy on that. But I've got to mention this with Tom Brady. I have been, I've only missed, I think, two or three uh, practices. Okay. I have been there watching. I watch Tom Brady. It is it is a beautiful sight. I have covered the NFL for a long time, going all the way back when I first went into a professional and NFL locker room. It was with the Jets. It was with the Giants. The Jets, I was a young reporter in New Jersey, and Mark Gastineau walked in right in front of me. He had those pants they were called like zuba zuba pants or something remember that and he had the long mullet he was about six foot seven and i was like holy shit look at this dude i remember going into the giants locker room with lawrence taylor the dangling earring telling the ball boy ball boy come here i'm on my i'm on my towels i'm on my i want all this shit over here you got it phil sims Coming over to our camera guy when we were going to start, we started shooting a little bit of warm up, you know, warming up. He comes over, he puts his hand over to the camera. He goes, you can't, what are you doing shooting me? You, you can't, you can't shoot right now. No, but he just said, you can't shoot right now. And it was like, whoa, like, whoa, like this is the NFL. Mind your P's and Q's, follow protocol, you know, and I was, I learned on the spot. I was very, I was in the New York market, but quiet. I didn't. You know, I just mind. There was no, there was no mentor. There was nobody showing me the ropes. I just watched, observed, and mind my business. But I'm just. My point is, I have been watching practices NFL for a long time, and it just blows me away watching Brady during practice, especially eleven on eleven full pads. The rush is on. He waits, he, his mind, he sees the defense with a rush coming at him so fast. And when he makes his decision, quick, quick release, and it is boom, in stride on the numbers. Now he's human. There's times where he is going to, maybe he is going to have like an overthrow. He is human. He's not a robot. But father time has not caught up to him at all. And wherever you are listening to this podcast, I've got to tell you, in the end of July and in August, it is so humid. It is so stinking hot down here in Tampa, Florida. The heat index is way over 100. They're wearing full pads. He runs 
to the next drill at 44 years old. He has a hop in his step. He, he, you know what he also does too? I noticed this today. Gabbert is the second string quarterback and Blaine Gabbert. And it was, a, it was red zone and the offense scored a touchdown and Brady goes over and he taps on the helmet, the little uh, back that caught the touchdown pass taps on the helmet a couple of the uh, linemen like he is encouraging he'll also tell you when you make a wrong move uh you didn't run a route wrong but my point is father time as we all know is undefeated we can try to find that fountain of youth you can try to get plastic surgery you can get liposuction (laughs) you can take testosterone and think that you're going to find the fountain of youth you can't you you just got to accept it man where, you know, you got to accept it. It has not caught up to Brady yet. And I want to leave you with this story. You know who Iron Eagle is? If you don't, Iron Eagle, I-A-N, and then Eagle, E-A-G-L-E, E-A-G-L-E. He is a play-by-play voice for CBS. He's a smaller guy. He's got classes. He's got a great delivery. Now, I met him uh, a couple of years ago, I was doing a radio show. He came on. It was the promo. We, we were running CBS Sports Radio on our network. And so they said to me, one of the guys says, hey, you want Ian Eagle on your show? Sure. So he was coming to Tampa. I, I don't remember what game they had. And he came on to the interview. He's so down to earth. And I said something about, hey, I'm from New Jersey and blah, blah, blah. My friend worked at the works at the fan. He produces the Boomer and Geo show. It was Boomer and Carton at the time. And, oh, because he worked at the fan, Iron Eagle. And he's a great broadcaster, and he's just down to earth. He has no ego. And he goes, hey, if you're going to be at the game tonight, uh, stop by in the press box and say hello. So I put a face, you know, when you're doing radio. And I did. And he couldn't have been nicer. Just a great guy. So Iron Eagle, I'm bringing this up because of Brady. So Iron Eagle was on somebody's podcast and I saw it on social media. It was on YouTube. And Iron Eagle is telling this great story about Brady. They were doing a Patriots game a couple of years ago. And when they came in to do the interview, what happens is for NFL, for national games, whether it's CBS, NFL on Fox, Sunday Night Football on NBC, the crew, the play-by-play, the color guy, the producer, they will meet in, in at the facility, like on a Friday. Uh, they will meet with the head coach. They will meet with the quarterback. And those guys will give the broadcasters information. That why, that, that's why those broadcasts sound so good. These guys just, they know they're not going to give away any, you know, any kind of a secret. It just helps them in the broadcast. A lot of times the first 10 plays of an NFL game are scripted, believe it or not. And they give that information to the guys on the network because it's a good old boy. Now they're not going to, you know, give away that information to the opponent. You won't be working. It's a small fraternity, man. You made it to the top. Everybody works with each other. And so Iron Eagle was going into the production meeting with Brady. This is a couple of years ago and Brady was with the uh, Patriots and Iron Eagle said he was, he walked in with a half Pepsi. He said he was running late. He was tired. 
He normally doesn't drink Pepsi in the morning at like 9 a.m. or 9.30 a.m. And he also, there was a box of like donuts out there. <laughs> and he, he grabbed a donut, ate half of the donut. He was carrying it. So he goes in the production meeting and he's carrying a half donut and a can of Pepsi. And Brady looks at him. He goes, oh, you, you, you having a Pepsi and a donut now this morning? How's that working out for you? And Ian Eagle said, oh, no, 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 I normally don't have a, and he goes, it's nine in the morning and you are drinking a Pepsi and eating a donut. You think that's good for you? And Ian Eagle said to him, he goes, no, 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 I normally don't do this. And he goes, what, when's the last time you had a Pepsi? And Brady said, never. He never, he's never drank, he's never drank a Pepsi. His big thing is water. He, he drinks so much water. And Ian Eagle said it was I don't know if it was months or a year or two later when he ran another game he's doing. He runs into Brady and Brady said, hey, you got your Pepsi, you got your donut? Like Brady remembered that. He is a freak in a good way. He puts nothing on, everything is healthy into his body, all the water. He real his big thing is water. He thinks we're all dehydrated. We should all drink more water. And it's funny because I told this to my wife when Brady came here and I said my our produce, my producer Tyler was one day on the air. He he ran down what Brady eats in the morning before his workout, his breakfast, his midday, during the day. And, oh, I, I wouldn't last a day. But I said, he drinks this much water. And my wife's like, what? So, and he, but he's got good skin. He looks so young. You know, there's that picture of George Blanda when George Blanda, who used to play for the Raiders many, many, many years ago when he was 44. And he's got the mutton chop sideburns. He used to smoke cigarettes and he partied. And then... <laughs> And then Brady looks like he's like 28 with his skin, you know, and all the water that he drinks. And I mentioned that to my wife. So my wife tried it and she's like, I'm just going to the bathroom all the time. I can't drink that much. <laughs> it works for Brady. But my point is watching Brady here in 2021 daily, there was actually a drill where he actually hopped. He like did a skip. And I'm like, and I was like, I'm so just sitting still under the bright sun here. There's no shade. I don't know how he does it. It has not caught up to him yet. His arm strength is phenomenal. Phenomenal. So that is the end of my Brady story for now. Uh, the Hall of Fame game, the Pro Football Hall of Fame game. I like when it's on Fox. Or if it would have, if it would have been on NBC, nothing against the local broadcasts of preseason football TV. They're just not the same. They don't have the resources that these networks do. Like when Fox put that game on in Canton, like just the camera work, the quality, the audio, Aikman and Joe Buck. I know, I know there's so many of you that cannot stand Joe Buck. He does not bother me. I think he's good. I got a friend of mine, Whitney, cannot stand Joe Buck. But Aikman and, and Buck and they, you know, and the quality was good, but it was it's all backups and the ratings were good, really good. 7.3 million viewers tuned in because it's football. 
football. That is 37% more than the last Pro Football Hall of Fame game in 2019. Now, the 2019 game, there was that was before COVID. We didn't hit with with the we didn't hit with COVID until March of 2020. That's when it all started. So I mean, there was 37 percent more viewers for this Hall of Fame game. Now, granted, it was the Cowboys and it was the Steelers, and those are two large fan bases. And again, I want to tell my Jerry. I don't think I did. I didn't tell my Jerry Jones story. Now I really should shy away from it. I will. That's a story. If you see me out with a beer, I'll tell you that story. I don't. I don't. I don't think I told it on here. If I did, oh boy. But uh, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. He loves his. He loves his cowboys. He loves it. And he mentioned Jerry. Uh, what's his name? That lives down in uh, Key West. Uh, Johnson. Coach Johnson is going into the Ring of Honor. He's in the Hall of, Hall of Fame, and all these years he hadn't been in, and Jerry announced that like last week. All right. Uh, I think that's about it. I wrote down a note here with Money Mayweather since this, well, you know, we'll end with we'll end with the little boxing, but it's outside the ring. Floyd Mayweather like blew me off at a Super Bowl years ago. I think it was the one in Miami. He was kind of a jerk a little bit. But I, I've talked to a friend of mine that is a former world champion that went to his house and uh, Jeff Lacian told me he's a real good family man with his kids, Money Mayweather. So I was like, all right, I'll open my uh, my mind up a little bit. I'm not one of those guys, my way to the highway, you know. All right, all right, all right, I give him this. He is a good businessman, though. You've got to give it up for him. So I saw the other day that Mayweather was showing off his car collection. How many cars can you really have? If you had, if you won the lottery, how many cars would you buy? Would you just like splurge on one nice one and maybe another one to just like, you know, do errands with or kick around with, maybe get a truck or something that you got to, you know, do stuff with your house, right? Would, uh, that would be me. Maybe one splurge. I let my wife, I would let my wife choose whatever she, her, she, the car thing is her thing. So Floyd Mayweather has 16 cars in his garage. You see this garage. He calls it the sweet 16. Do you know how many cars Money Mayweather has? 100. 100 cars. He has made, do you know how much money Floyd Mayweather Jr. has made? billion with a B. So, hey, if that's his thing, I saw this thing, I think it was on TMZ the other day, and he was heading out to his gentleman's club. He owns the damn strip club. It's called Girl Collection. And he was heading out to his club and he was, he has an assistant with him and they were trying to pick what, what, what should we take out tonight? And he was walking down the line with his, with it. he goes, I need my, my helper to pick out my car to go to the strip club. Five Rolls Royces, Rolls Royces, Lambos, Maybachs, four Ferraris, Mercedes McLaren, and I forget which one that he chose. I forget which one that he chose. But 
And I told him, we started out with this interview with, with uh, the Galaxy Warrior, the former world champion. He, he little, they, they're not that happy with Mayweather taking the fight with uh, the Paul boy, the Paul, one of the Paul brothers. So anyway, on that note, you know, hope, hope you're hanging in. I w- I'll, I'll leave you with this. I have been doing more traveling this year, not far. I went to Maryland, family function. Went to Pennsylvania, family function. Went to Georgia two times, North Georgia, our daughter with a sleepaway camp. I have been in several airports and also have dealt with the rental cars. Holy shit. Our family's traveling. I mean, packed to the freaking gills. We flew into Atlanta, Hartsfield. Oh, my God. And... When we were flying in this last trip, just last week, we were picking up and we went and got a rental car. My car's on its last legs. I got to get something. And so I didn't want to take my car, her car. Hmm. So we did the rental car. We've done that. Oh my God. Be prepared for sticker shock. It is so expensive anymore to rent a rental car. I'm talking the one in Maryland was what? Three days, four days, $800. Yeah, 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 yeah. This last one. Two days. Nah, we got hit with that third day. I think it was 460 or whatever. Be prepared. Because during the pandemic, the rental car companies, nobody was renting cars. Nobody. They sold off cars. So, and there's so much demand. So many people are driving in rental cars that they're jacked up the stinking price. Be prepared. Some places, long lines. Talking to a mother just the other day. She went to LAX last week and waited in line with her daughter for two hours for a rental car. Now, we got lucky. Here's a little tip. Book, if you don't have to pay up front, you're really guaranteed if you pay up front. But as long as you make your reservation, you can book two, maybe book two or three. Then when you get into your destination, look at the lines. There was one company that had a real long line and then another one, hardly any. We lucked out. We lucked out, but also airports. I'm looking at the, so when we were, we flew to Atlanta Hartsfield and then we were debating, we had the option on whether or not we were going to fly back. We had our flight Southwest or we were going to, we got a rental car because we were like an hour and 20 minutes in North, in the North to, to this camp to pick up our daughter. And we were, maybe we're just going to drive back and we wanted to see what the airport, because this variant it's out there. It's no joke. You know, I know it gets into a political thing and neither side is going to give, you know, so I don't go there. Uh, it just, it's, uh, uh, whether you want to get the vaccine or not, that's, that's, that's on you. Okay. So I'm noticing, oh, I know that it's for real because my father's a doctor and he's telling me about the hospitals and this thing, you know it's like chicken pox and it's spreading whether you're vaccinated or not. But anyway, enough on that. So knowing that the airport's crowded, our daughter's going to be a three and a half week deal from camp, probably going to be run down, you know, and sure enough, she's got a little bit, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do we really want to go back into Atlanta Hartsfield airport or do we just want to get on the road and go eight, nine hours from North Georgia? It's almost up in the border, South Carolina, Tennessee, and just drive. And when we flew into Atlanta and saw how packed 
this airport was on a weekday, on a Wednesday at 6.30 in the evening. I mean, packed. And then not only that, we're looking at the flights. Delayed, 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 canceled, canceled. And so I was talking to someone, I'm like, really? Is it all because of weather conditions? No, some of these airlines cannot keep up with the amount of people that are flying. They, I don't think they've hired enough people. And I think that's it. So you also have that possibility of having your flight delayed or possibly canceled. I talked to a guy today out at Bucks Camp. He was all set to fly for a UFC fight and they canceled his flight right before. And he was going through all kinds of trouble. So anyway, it's just a little tip. My point is, if you're thinking about flying or, 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 or traveling, be prepared. Now, school is starting. And maybe that will slow things down with families because I was under the impression that business travel had not come all the way back. But anyway, that's about it for me. All right. Thank you so much, man, for keep I'm keeping this thing going. If you can spread the word, do it. You know, if you, if you just like listening, I appreciate it. I'm doing my best. I got to do something to go viral to get people to know me outside of Tampa Bay. That's, I know I gotta do that. But I can never, you can't manufacture that. <laughs> I can't try to make something go, but that doesn't work. So I appreciate your support. I really do. And also, check me out now, 24 hours before every Bucks game. My podcast is Bucks Kickoff. And that's going to be on the Bucks. what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, and their opponent. That's going to be on JoeBucksFan.com. That's separate from this bad boy. My thanks to Radio Influence and Jerry and Jason. Hope your mom is doing okay, Jerry. And I will talk to you next week, same time, right here on The Rock Stops Here. Looking for studios in the Tampa Bay area to record your podcast? Radio Influence can help. With two studios on either side of the bay, Radio Influence has you covered. Engineered and produced by longtime radio professionals, achieve the excellence in podcasting that you and your listeners deserve. For more information or to schedule studio time, email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. Radio Influence, the future is now.